Good evening, Hampton Roads, North Carolina, and internet listeners all over the world. Welcome to tonight's episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. You're tuned in once again to WGPL 1350 on your AM dial, and I am your host, Bishop Hodges. This is the broadcast where we break down and discuss the dynamics of marriage and family relationships. Your friendly reminder tonight is God designed and instituted marriage and the family to build society on. Unfortunately, sin entered the picture and warped God's original design. The mission of Marriage and Family Clinic is to restore, build, strengthen, and perfect marriage and family relationships. And before we get into tonight's discussion, I want to send a special shout out to a young man who's a dear friend of mine, Elder Charles Anderson, and his lovely wife, Chrissy, and their new baby down in Texas. Elder Anderson is a young man I've watched grow up and accept a call to the gospel ministry. And he was recently appointed as pastor of a church down there in Texas. Uh, fine young man, full of zeal, has a wonderful family now. He affectionately calls me Uncle Bishop. And I thank God for him and the whole Anderson family, as a matter of fact. Uh, thank God for you. God bless you, Elder Anderson. Keep on doing the work of the Lord. Tonight, I want to go back and touch on a subject that I don't think we can get too much of, and that's the family. I want to touch on family systems tonight and how strong family systems can be. You know, there are several angles to come from when talking about families and the goings on and the interactions of families. So we keep on coming back to this and we keep on coming back because the subject is extremely important. And it's extremely important because understanding the strength and the types of families that you come out of, understanding the strength and the type of your family system plays a tremendous role in helping you understand much about why you are the way that you are. And you cannot expect to grow as an individual. You cannot expect to have fulfilling, profitable, productive relationships in your adulthood without exploring your family of origin and the impact those bonds and your family systems or the lack of bonds and has, has had on you. And sometimes it's the family systems that has the most impact on your development as an individual. And, and sometimes it's these bonds, these family bonds, or the lack of these family bonds that impact your personal development. Either way you look at it, reaching your potential or growing or becoming who you were meant to be or becoming who you dream of being, all of that must include exploring your family of origin. You know, the family operates and functions just like a system. As a matter of fact, this is so true that there is a branch of family therapy called systems. Webster's Dictionary defines system as a regularly interacting or interdependent group of items forming a unified whole. Sounds like the family. A group of interacting bodies under the influence of related forces. And this group, Webster says, is in or tends to equilibrium. This sounds so much like the family. It perfectly describes the family because a family is a group of people who regularly interact and the members of a family are definitely interdependent on each other. And this regular interacting and interdependence forms a unified whole. 
The whole family is unified, sometimes in dysfunction, but they're unified nonetheless. This is the reason why families make a mistake when they have a child that has issues or challenges and the family sends the one child to counseling or some form of therapy or some form of treatment. You can't take one part of the system out, work on that one part, and then put that part back into the same system. The part got broke in the system. There was something wrong in the family system that the child couldn't handle. So removing the child from the system, working on the child, helping the child, getting the child to balance out and return to some reasonable form of normalcy, but then placing the child back in the system that's already broken means the child is going to break all over again. A much better approach very, very well may be just do a complete system overhaul. Depending on the situation, a much better approach to this may be to have the whole family enter therapy because the family is a group of people interdependent on each other as they form a whole and move towards equilibrium. This definition says a system is a group of bodies under the influence of related forces. Wow, that's awesome. And again, it perfectly describes the family. This could not be truer of a family. And that's because the members of a family are definitely under the influence of related forces. And for the purposes of family systems, the related forces are usually emotions. You know, emotions work like inertia, some form of inertia. And inertia means that objects will stay at rest or they will move in the same motion in a straight line until something moves on them and moves them in a different direction. You know, family will remain as they are. Families will stay at rest until emotions run too high or too low. Families will remain in the mode that they're in until emotions run too high or too low. Families will remain just as they are until emotions move them one way or the other. And the last part of this system's definition says that this group is in or tends to equilibrium. This group is in or tends to equilibrium. Families are continually in, engaged in emotional exchanges. They just can't help it. There is this emotional interdependence going on that causes the family to seem like it's on some kind of an emotional roller coaster. I call it emotional roller coastering. But you can't live life on an emotional roller coaster. You can't live life on a roller coaster, period. You have to find a place in life. You have to find a place on the emotional pendulum where the family can exist and coexist in some form of normal. And that's called equilibrium.
For some families, it's a high state of emotions, ramped up emotions. For some families, it's really low key, as if everyone is is uh, uh, in some sort of a zombie state. Whatever the case may be, every family is worked in their emotions, trying to find this place of equilibrium. They're moving towards it, and emotions move them towards it. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. The family is a system in which there is a lot of emotional back and forth, a lot of emotional roller coastering, a lot of emotional ups and downs, and all this emotional maneuvering acts on every family member, and every family member responds and reacts differently based on their personality makeup. And when every family member gets this emotional maneuvering to a level that he or she can handle it, that's called equilibrium or normal for that family. Let me say that again. All of this emotional maneuvering is going on. All of this emotional roller coastering, emotional back and forth, all of this is going on. And every family member deals with it, responds to it, reacts to it the best way that they can. And they try to put it somewhere in their minds. They're trying to get it somewhere in their hearts. They're trying to deal with it all to get it to a place where they can handle it. And when each member of the family gets all of this emotional maneuvering, emotional roller coastering to a place where they can handle it. That's called equilibrium. Or it's just normal for that family. And, and, and this is a family social system. It's a family system. It's a social system. And this family social system is what helps you develop your disposition, your character, your moods, your temperament, your temper, this, this, this social system, the family system with all of this emotional maneuvering and emotional roller coastering. This is what helps you. This is what plays such a large, tremendous role in helping you become who you are. Here's the deal. The equilibrium or the normal you're used to may not be the equilibrium of the normal your friends or your spouse is used to once you get married. In other words, the equilibrium and the normal that you knew growing up may not be other people's normals. You're going to enter into relationships as adults, as teens, whatever the case may be. Your normal will not be their normal. Their equilibrium would not be your equilibrium. And that makes for conflict between that new unit that must be worked out. And see, the point of growing up is becoming mature enough to handle your emotions in a manner that benefits your current relationships and not acting like you're still in your family of origin. And some of us have conflict in current relationships because we still have the same sense of normalcy. We still have the same sense of equilibrium that we had in our families of origin. We're so used to functioning with most emotions at a certain level that we have difficulty functioning at 
other emotional levels that may suit other people. It's like we never left our nuclear families and we never grew up. I watched the movie Roscoe Jenkins Goes Home. I think that's the name of it. But I watched that movie and I was amazed at how accurately the movie portrayed the power of family systems. The only way that family could deal with each other was to revert to the emotional levels that they knew as children growing up years and years before. That meant automatic conflict because that's all they knew when they grew up. Getting older and moving away, getting rich, getting married, having children, buying your home, a nice car, nice clothes, nice job. None of that changed their basic emotional makeup. And it did not change until the conflict got so great, until it all just blew up and out gushed all these pinned up feelings from years past. Growing up and maturing is all about gaining the capacity to think and reflect and not respond automatically to external emotional pressure. Remember I told you several weeks ago that that's the purpose of teaching a child. That's the purpose of disciplining a child. We want to help our children. You want to help your child grow into an adult who is able to put themselves in check, not blame others, not put it on others, not make excuses for poor performance, low performance, not make excuses and run away and hide when things get tough. But discipline is all about instilling in a child the capacity and the wherewithal to put himself or to put herself in check. And if a person fails to grow and mature emotionally, then the things that set them off as a child will set them off as an adult. In essence, it's like they never leave home. Wow. What an awesome thought. Hey, you're listening to us at 1350 on your AM dial here in Hampton Roads, Virginia, Northern North Carolina. You can also tune in to us at www.christianbroadcastingcompany.com. That's 1350 AM in this area or www.christianbroadcastingcompany.com. Listen to us. Check us out. Email me. Let me know that you're listening. Let me know again that we're doing you some good. We need to hear from you. We still need to hear from you. Uh, you can email me at cdhodges at hotmail.com. Or you can look me up on Facebook, Bishop Carl Hodges. One way or another, get out there. You can also find these podcasts on iTunes. Just search Bishop Carl Hodges. They're out there for your benefit. But whatever you do, do me a favor and let me know. If you see me on the streets, let me know you're here as you're listening to us. If you see me at church or anywhere else, let me know. Email me, contact me one way or another. Let me know that we're making a difference for you. All right. Let me say that one more time. Growing up and maturing is all about gaining the capacity to think and reflect, to monitor yourself and not respond automatically to external emotional pressure. Discipline. That's what it's all about. You got to discipline your children so they grow into adults who can put themselves in check. Because if a person fails to grow and mature emotionally, then the things that set them off as a child will set them off as an adult. 
the normalcy and the equilibrium that they knew as children. They'll try to take that same sense of normalcy and equilibrium into their adult relationships. Conflict is automatically. So in essence, it's like they never left home. If a person is easily moved by emotions, easily driven by emotions, given to emotional outbursts, outbursts, driven by reacting to others, if the person is overly submissive or overly defiant, if the person has little self-control, it's like they never left home. Folks who rattle off unthoughtful, emotionally charged, knee-jerk reactions, folks who are insensitive to anyone else's needs, folks who just don't care about the needs of others, folks who can be boisterous and just blurt out things that don't make any sense, not based in fact, but all fiction. It only exists in their minds. It's like they never left home. They get so emotionally charged until they can't hear anything anybody else is saying because they're hurt, they're scared, they're too busy blurting out judgments, too busy blurting out criticisms, too busy blaming others, making it other people's faults. It's like they never left home. Anger problems are characterized by sudden outbursts and fits of anger. They just happen. Things set them up. Things that rate a two or three on the anger scale. Let's say that you could scale anger and one was shouldn't be anger, angry at all. And 10 was, whoo, this will make anybody just fly off the handle and lose it and do something strange. Well, for people with anger problems, things that rate a one, two or three on the anger scale of importance gets a seven or eight. It's like they never left home. We know we left home when we're able to balance our thinking and our feeling and move towards an outcome that's good and equitable for our current relationships. We're not judging where we come from uh, uh, and where we come from does not form the basis for how we behave and conduct ourselves in our current relationships. We don't judge our current relationships by where we come from. We're able to behave in manners that are good and equitable and productive and profitable and fulfilling for the current relationships. We know we left home when we can experience strong emotions, but maintain self-constraint. We know we left home when we're able to resist emotional impulses. We know we left home then. We know we left home when we're able to resist these impulses and again, check ourselves. We don't need to lose our cool over something that's just not worth it. We're able to figure out what's worth it and what's not worth it. When a person is not directed to develop their individuality in their family of origin, when the person's emotions and feelings are not validated, when they don't receive the, the right type of affection, the right emotional support, uh, a balanced emotional validation and support that's good for them that they need, when they're not directed to do for themselves and when they're not held accountable in their families of origin, when they're forced to just get into the mode and feel like everybody else is feel, 
when they're left to fend for themselves in the midst of all of the family's emotional back and forth, when they're left to fix it themselves during the family's emotional roller coastering, that person may never leave home. It may be that they will enter into adult relationships that has a lot of conflict. And that conflict increases until it just explodes. You see people who are afraid to commit in adult relationships. It's the result of where they come from. People who go in and out of relationships. Have you ever seen anybody whom, whenever they get in a relationship and the relationship seems to be going well, they will do something to sabotage the relationship. Is because they're not used to that type of equilibrium. They're not used to that type of normal. Their type of equilibrium and their type of normal always includes some sort of conflict, some level of conflict. They cannot function without some degree of conflict. So when there is no conflict, they'll do something to stir up conflict. And then I imagine on the inside, they just kind of breathe a sigh of relief. Ah, now I can handle it. I have some conflict to deal with. But when they fail to leave home emotionally, they enter adult relationships. The conflict is automatic. The conflict arises. They don't understand the origin of the conflict. And the conflict explodes. The release takes the form of drugs, alcohol, domestic abuse, child abuse divorce and the list goes on and on and on you got to get this fixed if you don't get this fixed you're dooming yourself and so many of us think that we left home but based on our emotional maturity based on our emotional iqs we're still at home if i happen to be speaking to you tonight if you feel like I'm speaking to you tonight, I want you to know there is help and there is hope. I've got a few steps I believe that will help you tonight. If you follow them through, as well as all the other steps we give you on past broadcasts, if you follow them through, things will work out for you. Number one, you have to accept the fact that you do have issues. Come on out of denial. You will never get your issues fixed by ignoring them or blaming them on others. The man caused it. The man is after me or they don't like me or they don't like me because I speak my mind or, or, or it's somebody else's fault. Somebody else didn't do it for you. They should have sent the bill on time and I would have paid it on time. Everybody else should have done something else. You're denying that the issue belongs to you. If you accept your issues and come out of denial about your issue, that is the first step to fixing your issue. Jesus asked this question. Why are you looking at the beam in your brother's eye and ignoring the moat in your own eye? People who never left home, they're good at fixing everybody else's problems, but their problems run their lives. They are controlled and ruled by their own problems. You need to come on out of denial and accept that you have issues. The next thing you need to do 
is realize that you're not the only one. You are not in it alone. You're not the only one who's ever had family dysfunction. You're not the only one who come out of a family that was used to uh, 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 emotional roller coastering. You're not the only one who's ever had a family who who's used to emotional ups and downs and maneuvering, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You're not the only one. You would be hard pressed to find a family that hasn't gone through it. You would be hard pressed to find a family that does not exist in some degree of dysfunction. All of our favorite families in the Bible existed in some degree of dysfunction. You name them, we can name their dysfunction. So you need to realize that you're not the only one and you are not in it alone. Hebrews 12 describes Jesus as a high priest who has been through everything that we go through. And he knows what it feels like to go through what we go through. He's touched by what we go through. He's touched by what touches us. He knows what we're going through. You're not in it alone. You look to your left, look to your right. They've been in it also. Your neighbor across the street, your neighbor down the block, they've been in it also. Everyone who works in your office, they've been in it also. You are not in it alone. As a matter of fact, if you would get in a group, and start talking about it, some form of therapy or counseling, once you get in the group and start talking about it, you're going to ask yourself, why did I wait this long? Because you're going to quickly find out that you're in a group of people and everybody has been through it. You're going to find that out. I'm guaranteeing it. So you're going to have to accept that you have issues and then realize that you're not in it alone. And then admit, admit you cannot fix yourself by yourself. If you could fix yourself by yourself, you would not have all the turmoil in your life that you have. If you could fix yourself by yourself, you wouldn't have the recurring problems. You wouldn't go out of one problem right into another if you could fix yourself by yourself, you would not continually look in the mirror and promise yourself that you're not going to get into it again, but you keep on getting into it again and again and again. You're going to have to admit you cannot fix yourself by yourself. You don't have the tools required to fix yourself by yourself. You've got to confess that you need help. You've got to reach out for help. Confess to God that you are powerless on your own. Go down in prayer and tell God you cannot fix yourself by yourself. Well, what good is that? You may ask. I'm glad you asked that question. Because in John 14, Jesus promised to send us a helper. Jesus promised to send us a helper, the Holy Spirit. And he will come along beside of us and give us a hand to get through it. He'll open up our eyes. He'll give us understanding to our ways and the origin of our ways. He'll help us understand where we come from. And he'll show us how to get victory 
over the dispositions, the personalities, the quirks, the idiosyncrasies. He'll show us how to get victory over those things that keep us living in defeat. Oh yes, you've got some ways. Once you admit that those ways are yours, they belong to you, and you reach out and confess to God that you're powerless to help yourself by yourself, and then you hold to the promise that Jesus gave us that he will send us a helper, you'll find yourself coming out. You'll definitely find yourself coming out. And then the next thing I want to give you, the last point, reach out and get some help. Reach out and get some help. Again, if you believe in God, I hope you do, because this is a God-based program. I make no qualms about it. This is a God-based program. I'm talking a lot of stuff that sounds like it's in your mind because that's where it is. It's in your mind. But I'm telling you, I'm stressing strongly that God is help for your mind. So reach out and get you some help along with your prayer, along with claiming the promises of Jesus. Get you some help. Get in a church, a good Bible teaching church. Get in a group. Find you a support group. There is someone in your life whom you can trust to help you to talk about your personal issues with. A lot of us wouldn't go through the problems that we go through. We wouldn't endure the problems that we endure as long as we endure them. If we reached out and got us some help, if we trusted somebody enough to say, hey, I've got some issues and I need some help. It may be professional counseling. It may be a church counselor a small group at church, a small group somewhere else. Just reach out and get yourself some help. Along with all of these issues, if you want to leave home, accept that you have issues. Realize you're not the only one. You're not in it by yourself. Admit you can't fix yourself by yourself. And get yourself some help. Hey, listen, I'm out of time tonight. Hey, I tell you what, I think I'll continue this on next week. There's some other couple of other things I'd like to discuss here. I'm going to continue this on next week. But right now, I'm out of time. I appreciate you joining us. You've been listening to us on WGPL 1350 on your AM dial. I'm your host, Bishop Hodges. Let me know we're doing something for you. Let me know that you're listening to us. Contact me, cdhodges at hotmail.com or look me up on Facebook, Bishop Carl Hodges. Thank you for listening. And until next week, we'll see you. Remember, you cannot have peace unless you surrender yourself to the Prince of Peace. God bless you. We're out.